right. Well, welcome to the Karis podcast. Today, we get the very great privilege of having our headmaster join us. <laughs> hey, Monty. Hi. We're over Zoom today, so we'll do that. Um, and we have with us as well, we have Kim Nielsen. Kim Nielsen, and I'm Katie. So we are continuing our study of classical me, classical thee today. We are going to be looking at uh, Behind the Drill, Chapter 4. We're going to be talking about Latin. So just to kind of refresh um, our last couple of podcast episodes and the introduction to the book, um, this book, Classical Me, Classical Thee by Rebecca Merkel is meant for students receiving a classical education, but we've thought that it's really helpful and inspiring for parents who didn't benefit from a classical education themselves, or I should say ourselves. Um, so this is from the perspective of an, of an alumna of a classical Christian school. So last time we talked about chapters one through three, which is essentially an introduction to classical education describing it as a fundamentally different type of education. Um, Merkel says there's many graduates of classical Christian education who wander off into the sunset after graduation, then a few years later realize with shock how absolutely valuable and unique their education was. Um, she talks about the goal of education and compares an educational career to sports, specifically basketball. And one of the goals of classical education is that our students will be able to think clearly. The ability to work through an issue, issue clearly, logically, and precisely is an exceptionally rare gift that our students are being given. Um, but there's something similar in sports. For some reason, the principle is easier to see in sports than it is in the classroom. So she does that great comparison for us. Um, she says that everyone recognizes that when a coach makes his basketball team run suicides or do box jumps, he's training them for something else. Practices are all about deconstructing the necessary skills for a basketball game, isolating them and then working on them individually, but always with a larger goal in mind. Our, our students, um, similarly, are spending their days in the classroom doing drills in the same way they're doing drills in basketball practice. They're all designed to, to equip, strengthen, and make them into people who can step out into the classroom and into the world, out of the classroom and into the world to negotiate situations they've never encountered before. So that was kind of a long-winded introduction, but I wanted to talk about it. The, the reason she calls this um, behind the drill is because she's comparing it to basketball drills. So we're we're talking about different pieces of the classroom. This one we're gonna be talking about behind the drill, Latin. I would say this is one of the most frequent questions that we get. I was just gonna say that. Why in the world do you have your students do Latin? It's a dead language. Yep. And so that's why it's like behind the drill. Like what is it actually that we're getting? Yeah, it's cool that they can do Latin, but it's even goes deeper than that, right? There's a purpose behind the drill that maybe you don't notice unless you're in it. And um, I think this is one of our most frequent questions about classical education. Yeah, absolutely. She even says this is one of the subjects that chaps their are the students behind more than any <laughs> that they have to do Latin. So uh, Monty, do you want to sell us? When people ask you that, I know parents ask you that all the time, Kim, people ask you all, all the time. I would love to hear your quick sell before we dive into the chapter. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a couple different thoughts. Uh, I don't, I don't have, I don't ever have a quick sell because <laughs> that, that would require me to have something like kind of canned. And I don't know. I, and anytime I have a conversation, I'm, I, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm always talking with a person, right. Not with a kind of a general customer or potential, like, and, and so I'm going to try to say something that I think is going to connect with that individual based on 
how I know that individual, whether I've known them for a short or for a long time. Um, so I can talk about different things and, and some parents might've heard some of these things and some might've heard, heard, heard others and some maybe, maybe none of them or some, some all of them. Um, but do you want me to like do like three or so? Is that fine? Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to take up too much time. I, yeah. Okay. I'm getting blank looks as it. Okay. I mean, so, so one is, I mean, like you were just talking about, uh, clarity, right? Um, just, just in your little introduction and, you know, clear thinking and learning another language helps you to clarify your thinking. Um, in, in our native tongue, right? I, I mean, like as people are listening to this, everything I say is intelligible, even though I'm rambling and I'm pausing over times and I'm not talking in complete sentences and I'm my, my phone's going off in the background and I'm trying to turn it off as I speak and right. And I'm, and I'm misspeaking and I'm not speaking, you know, perfectly, you know, perfectly grammatically. Right. Which obviously wasn't good grammar. Um, you just, even in that sentence, but we understand it because it's, it's our language. It's what we've been steeped in. That doesn't work for another language. When you're operating in a foreign language, uh, you, you're, you're forced to think, clearly to translate clearly like when you're looking at like a latin sentence if you miss the verb tense you you really screw it up and, and change the whole meaning of the sentence in a way that either makes it completely unintelligible uh or just just says something you know completely otherwise um so that's that's a big part like if you well here let, let me put it like this and you guys can feel free to jump in again at any time uh, I think of Latin, when I think of the study of Latin, I think of like the movie Karate Kid, which is a fantastic movie, right? Um, right. I'm assuming all of our listeners have seen the Karate Kid. And Mr. Miyagi has, right, the, the, the boy Daniel do a number of different things that don't make sense to him at the time. And that's how all good education, frankly, is going to be. It's not going to make sense at the time, right? Uh, he, you know, and, and this Daniel just thinks he's just painting the, you know, whatever the fence and he's just waxing the cars and he doesn't see any point to it beyond what he's doing at that moment. And that's, that's, that's kind of like Latin, right? When our students are memorizing noun declensions or verb conjugations, or they're, right, their teacher is saying like, no, you just translated that in the perfect tense and it should be in the imperfect tense. You gave it a completely different meaning, right? They, they get annoyed by that. But what we're trying to do is, is train them to think clearly and precisely, which is going to be incredibly important in, in virtually any job they have, um, right? There's a big difference between being 99% right on a engineering problem to launch a space shuttle and 100% right. 99% you're, you've blown up the, the space shuttle. Um, and then, and then right, related to this, it, right, if you've ever seen, well, boy, right, what a great classical headmaster I am. I'm just talking about movies, but the movie Arrival. Right, which is also a beyond fantastic movie. You just, you're, you're, you're shaking your head like you haven't seen. You need to go watch that movie like tonight, Arrival. Arrival. Oh yes, it's amazing. Yeah. You Whoa. haven't seen it? No. Amazing. Oh, so amazing. good. Yes, the Tuck family is watching yes. Arrival this yes. weekend. Okay, it's really good. <laughs> it's yeah, you will, will not be disappointed. Uh, okay. Right, but but they talk in that film about how when you learn a foreign language, it doesn't just expand your mind; it rewires your brain. Right, and and that's and that's accurate because each language each culture right which which is embodied in a language looks at the world slightly differently they use different words to describe things in different ways and so when you learn a different language it it, it, it rewires your brain and gives it more I don't know, flexibility more connections that are going to have a, a number of different benefits 
in all sorts of subjects. And that's why and traditionally, the learning of language played such a such a large role in, in education. Yeah, it's interesting because um, my daughter Autumn actually was doing one of her thesis topics on on that very thing. Like, how does language point to a culture? And so, when we learn a different language, it it broadens us because we learn almost a different culture as well. Yeah. Right? With different words, like the French have a thousand different words for beauty we're like that's cool that's beautiful awesome right but they have this like vast you know whatever and or taste right um so there's different languages will have different kinds of words or descriptions for what they think is important too and you kind of your loves your i don't know the very kind of culture yeah well she's taken out yeah she even she talks, about talks about the this. Eskimos having 16 she said or 36 mm -hmm. or something words for snow right so I think that yeah absolutely gets at that so the cool and yeah. she says this in here too was one of the things that helps us do is it helps us actually pay more attention what you were saying but also enjoy different aspects and enjoy more deeply different aspects of life when you learn a different language because you're kind of getting those nuances mm -hmm. a little bit more and you're paying attention to them and so I we kind of went back last time to the first aim of man yeah. right mm -hmm. as just to glorify God and enjoy him forever or by enjoying him forever mm -hmm. and learning a different language actually helps you do that because even just the vocabulary that it has the structure again you're paying attention to those little nuances and the creativity that you can you can do with language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that, that actually was going to be the, the, the last thing I was going to say. So I'll just, I'll, I'll try not to talk too much about, about it. But like, there's this, you know, in the contemporary world, there's this strong desire to connect with other cultures and people that are that are different than us. And, and sometimes this is, is done very, you know, shallowly, I, I think. But um, yeah, in my opinion, the best way to connect with another culture is to, to learn its language, like period. It just takes a lot of work. That's why most people don't, don't go that route. Um, and when you're talking about Latin, not only are you, you know, you're talking about a very different culture because it's a culture that's dead. Um, and again, you know, you, you hear a lot of people kind of speak glibly about like, we want to understand other people's points of view, um, you know, see the world through other people's eyes and, and I think, again, I think this, this desire is a good and fundamentally hum, human and, and, and often godly one. Um, but if you really want to do it, that one of the best ways to do that is to learn their language so that you can immerse yourself in, in, in their culture. I mean, that's why, you know, the, the language I studied when I was younger and really gave myself to was, was Spanish. And it wasn't just be so like, oh, hey, practical, like, you know, there's a lot of Spanish speakers, you should learn it so you can speak with them. Like, that's not bad, but to like really master a language, it takes a ton of work. And if you're just doing it for some practical benefit, you're, you're probably going to give up before you really master it. You got, you got to have, I think it's some level, a love for the culture uh, or desire to learn about the culture, desire to dive into the culture. And yeah, that's, I think, arguably the best reason to, to learn another language. So I think that kind of goes towards the argument like why Latin then? Like why wouldn't we just dive into Spanish or French or Portuguese or whatever? 
um, why do Latin, which is a dead language, and so you're not direct, like connecting directly to a specific current culture, or you're not loving a current set of people um, through Latin. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a couple of different reasons. One, because Latin is a dead language, it's just at some level easier to learn, right? It's a good introduction to language. And once you understand how all language works, you're going to learn any other language easier, right? Because all languages operate with similar principles. Um, right. If I'm, if I'm studying, you know, again, like if I'm studying Spanish, I, I'm working on accents. Um, I'm working at different regional dialects, right? The way people speak in Mexico city is very different than Madrid, which is very different than Chile and, and, and so on. Uh, but with Latin, right. I'm reading a dead text. I don't have to worry about like some of those details. That's why like, if you, you know, you can essentially cover, right. Like at a college level, like in, in about one year studying Latin, what you, what would take probably about two or two and a half years to study a, a foreign language. Uh, and, th and then the second is, um, how do I put this? Right. I think anybody who's, I mean, I certainly had this experience when I was younger and I, I did a, I did a fair amount of traveling and met people from, I mean, all sorts of different cult cultures. And I was always just shocked by how, how much there was that connected us and how, um, you know, how little there was that, that divided us. And that's because we live in a globalized connected world. And so if I, if I really want to get taken out, outside of myself, and I want to engage in different culture, it has to be a culture of halves, right? What, what separates me from somebody, an Englishman in 1500 is greater than what separates me from, you know, a Pakistani today or, or somebody living in, you know, I don't, I don't know, Beijing, right? I'm much closer to the person that's born today in Beijing than I am the person that was born in London in the year 1500, say. Uh, and so being able to, to learn a dead, dead language like Latin connects me to a culture takes me outside of myself. And that, that's a big part of education is to be able to see the world from, from a different set of eyes. Otherwise you're just bound by your cultures. Yeah. You just kind of go with the flow of the direction that your culture is going in and fall into group think and all sorts of problems. Uh, and Dorothy Sayers even argues that, um, that, uh, Latin supplies the structure with on which all language is built anyways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Dorothy Sayers, she was one of the inklings. She was like a C.S. Lewis um, and J.R.O. Tolkien contemporary. She taught at Oxford and wrote some of my favorite, some of our favorite mysteries actually. But, um, and I would say, I think we've recommended this before, but she wrote the Lost Tools of Learning, an essay that is sort of like the, um, the theory, like just sort of a experimental idea that now our modern classical Christian education is sort of built on that essay. But she talked about how um, if of all the things she ever taught was ever taught the greatest practical use to her as a writer and um, Oxford teacher was um, Latin grammar. She said the best grounding for education period is Latin grammar. Mm -hmm. And um, and then she quoted, Latin is the key to all Romance languages directly and indirectly to all inflected languages because it's like the building blocks of all language. So she said, the sort of argument which continually, continually crops up upon the teaching of Latin is one that we hear all the time at Caris. 
why should children waste time learning a dead language when Spanish or what have you would be much more useful to him in business? And the proper answer she, at, she answers is, which is practically never given, she says, is the counter question, well, why should a child waste time learning half a dozen languages from scratch when Latin would enable him, him to learn them all in a fraction of the time? So she argues yeah. that learning Latin actually helps you to learn other languages. I believe she said either 50 or 80%. And yeah. then all other subjects, even since it's got the building blocks of languages, whatever the 50 or 80%, I don't remember which is which, but, um, and I, I, she's got a really long essay on learning Latin that I have really appreciated. A lot of it I don't understand at all because I wasn't trained in Latin, but she makes some great arguments. Um, so I'll, I'll link to those two essays at the end of our podcast notes, but she, yeah, she's, she really sold me on, on Latin and as did you too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say too. Just like it helps us. It's very rare that you know exactly what you're going to use when you're 15. Like I'm going to be in a Spanish speaking country, or I'm going to be in a German speaking country, or I'm going to use this most. Now, obviously in our country, we can see there's probably Spanish is the most common other second language. But um, I, I think once you learn Latin, the learning of most other languages, even ones like my daughter was trying to learn Japanese, right? Even by being able to learn Latin, even if it's not a similar structured language, I think because you get used to the, the systematic learning of a new language, any language then mm. seems less intimidating, mm. even if it's not one of the romance languages, which mm. again, shares so much of the structure of Latin that you can at least kind of figure things out. Um, mm. And so yes, Spanish, French, Portuguese, Italian, all of those are going to be much easier, but even a language that's not an inflection language or not a romance-based language, I think the the tools that you're gaining from doing Latin still transfer over to learning any other language. Mm -hmm. um, I love, well, I'll just share this quote, but she talked about um, in this chapter how Latin is like putting a sharper edge on your blade. <laughs> and so again, um, kind of what you were saying, Monty, like you just are able to think more precisely and communicate more precisely. I wish I would have had Latin um, for that reason. But you have, it says, um, you have a greater precision how to use the English language because you bring that greater understanding back with you from Latin. It's basically putting a sharper edge on your blade. And Latin is absolutely terrific at doing this because it is an incredibly methodical language. It is very predictable and very methodical and extremely specific. And this means that it provides that mental sharpening unbelievably well. So again, it's kind of what you guys were both saying. Mm -hmm. It's just. I think one of the first arguments that really helped me was, um, I, I think it was actually Rebecca Merkel's husband, Well, she puts it in here too, gave this, gives this little, um, idea that the word deja vu, if you experienced it over and over without knowing what it actually was, it would creep you out. I mean, it's creepy by it's itself nice. anyway, yeah. but then, <laughs> but then if you hear somebody explaining, oh, that's deja vu. And this is what it is. You just feel like you've been in the same exact place or doing the same thing before. Um, it's, she said, just having those words, it's like a peg to hang the experience on in your brain. Um, and, that just helps you to know once you encounter it again, 
what you're heading into and it doesn't freak you out as much, but it, I don't know, just as a human race, that's something we can hang our experiences on these little pegs of language, which exactly is exactly what you talked about Monty and you too, Kim. It's like these experiences, these shared experiences with language. I mean, she talked about at the beginning, like this is how God created the world by speaking words. He used language or the word like Christ to actually create the world. So of course this is going to create this, I mean, incredible, this is how we are connected as human beings. So um, it's really important for us to, to look at a, a language where we can, you know, have these basic building blocks of human interaction. So kind of language is so important in general because it's like the image of God. Yeah. Like it's how yeah. we show kind of that image of God. Yes. Um, yes. And we kind of touch on that divine. Yep. Yeah. Anything else, Monty, you have? No, those are good thoughts. Okay. I think too, I would just say that um, one of the things is we talk a lot, it's, it's more than what you can do, right? Education is not necessarily what you can do, mm-hmm. but who you become. And I think the studying of Latin of any language, um, and hopefully as we go through some of the other drills and subjects that we study, mm-hmm. it's about who you become. And there's an intangible, again, as you learn different vocabulary, as you learn different structures, it changes how we think, how we see life, and that's who we become. Mm-hmm. And so there's more than whether I use it or not, which I think you will in some form or another, um, but like more than that, it's about who you become and how it kind of reorders your affections, your thoughts, your, mm-hmm. um, yeah, who you yeah. are. Yeah. I think that even the order of a drill, you know, being able to, art, you know, talked about the communication, being able to accurately, accurately articulate a thought is not just a gift. We have to practice these things. So going back to the drills that she was talking about, like the basketball drills, I, while I was reading this before I was watching, um, what was that documentary? I wrote it down. The Michael Jordan, oh, The Last Dance, the oh. Michael Jordan documentary. And I just kept thinking of, I don't know if you've seen that or not. I don't, I don't think it, you could put it on VidAngel and kind of cut out some of the swears and other experiences. If you <laughs> but I, but I, was really, um, I was riveted, but you know, the Bulls, I lived in Illinois during the whole Bulls, well, not the whole thing, but um, Dennis Rodman just talking about how, and Michael Jordan, just the drills that they ran over and over and over and over. And then just automatically, they would just drain them every mm-hmm. single time. Um, and I think if you're a skeptic, it's like going back to the classroom, if you're a skeptic or a student is a skeptic, like I'm never going to use Latin in real life mm-hmm. or like in basketball, like I'm not going to be doing push-ups or like running drills in the game then you're not going to actually see the payoff later on. Um, but being able to see like the payoff with this, like you said, articulating things well um, in life, communicating clearly, we want to come out the other end where, you know, our thoughts and our communication are more organized. Um, you can see many times during this podcast that I was not trained in Latin because I just am all over the place, but that's okay. You know, we're all learning. Um, so this is why I appreciate uh, people who have gone through this before. Appreciate you guys who love uh, love classical education and I can learn from you as well I would say yeah. oh go ahead yeah you see I just want to kind of kind of piggyback on that it, it made me think there was a there's a recent article in the Atlantic 
and they were talking, you know, they were interviewing a bunch of these, or they're doing a study, on a bunch of these, you know, older millennials, right? People in their late 20s, early 30s, you know, 35, kind of middle-aged people. And they're just like, why is dissatisfaction so high uh, among these people? And like just ennui and malaise, right? And one of the conclusions they came to was these were, were students that, well, okay, I got to go back a couple generations. Sorry, this is going to be like a two minute explanation, right? They, they were largely raised by baby boomers who uh, grew up at a, at a time of, you know, when, when America was kind of booming and where you could get a job and it, it would be certain, but then they, right, as they got older, as they start ha having kids, things got less certain, right? Think the 1970s and 80s. And so what they wanted to do was to give their kids the type of certainty that they that they saw in the America and their youth. And so they started reorienting everything instead of just, hey, go and play outside. It's let's join Little League and you can be the captain and that will go well on your college resume. And let's not bake cookies for our neighbors. Let's have a bake sale and you can organize it and that can be on your college resume. And so, so much of childhood activities got directed towards the idea of getting into a good college so that you can get a secure job. And so they, they thought of everything instrumentally, like Latin. Why take Latin? Well, because it will look good on your college resume, not because it will form you into a certain type of person. It will help your mind develop in, in ways you don't know. It will help you think clearly. It will help you re reorient your, your affections. And so now these people have jobs and they're even doing well at their jobs and getting paid well. And they're like, my life's completely empty. I don't get like, what should I be doing outside of this? I was like trained or formed almost like a machine and they're not flourishing as human beings. And that's not what we want for our kids. It's right. not all that hard to make successful little worker bee drones. We want them to be flourishing people. And so we need to have a fundamentally different view of education than the world around us because the world around us has one that is stupid, you know? And terrible and inhuman. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I think that was, do you have anything else there? I was just gonna, I was going back to the basketball analogy. Yeah. And again, what we were saying before is this type of education requires humility mm. because you have to be, you know, I think of the humility of a Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman who are at the top of the whole league, but still saying, hey, I need to do drills. Like if I don't keep practicing. I lose the game, right? Mm -hmm. um, I need to keep growing and keep improving. It's that kind of growth mindset, sure. which is really what we want our students to have. Like, mm -hmm. hey, these drills are important because it helps me continue to grow. And no matter how amazing you think you are or are, I mean, yeah. Michael Jordan, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you, you said humility, I was like, ah, but I know what you're saying. You it's know what I'm true. saying? You it's it's a humility of knowing like if given. I don't keep growing. Yes. Um, and there's a striving, yeah. um, a continual striving that I haven't just reached, like I haven't learned all that I can learn. Yeah. I haven't become all that I can become. Sure. And that's what I meant by humility. Yeah. I, there's other ways that they did not show. <laughs> but, um, but that's what we want for our students. Yeah. Yeah. And it Latin really does take that because mm -hmm. you're like, it's humbling mm -hmm. and it, it does is a continual growth process. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you both. Um, we can we end with a end with a, a recommendation. Monty, do you want to start us off, or, or did I? I'm putting you on the spot. You know, we no, end. It's, with it's, it's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll recommend officially. I recommend the movie Arrival. Right. Oh, I don't know. It came out five <laughs> six years ago. 
it's it's fantastic. Uh, it even, if, if you have eyes to see, it even has a very strong pro-life message, right? And show me, you know, the last time that Hollywood made a, a movie that was nominated for Oscar, that was Oscar, that was fundamentally pro-life at its core mm. um, and thoughtful. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's great. It's a great movie. Okay, great. Well, talking about languages, um, I am going to recommend Duolingo. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a great way, even for students who are taking Latin, but wanting to do, actually Latin is on there too. <sighs> um, you know, wanting to do uh, another language, like it's a great way to just, again, start immersing yourself in that and start just practicing speaking it. So I would recommend Duolingo, right? Um, my recommendation would be the articles by Dorothy Sayers, whether it's the last tools of learning, she does talk a little bit about Latin there, but, or the bigger one on Latin. So these are all very directed towards what we're, we're doing here, but nothing random in recommendations today. No, Look at us. No, no. <laughs> we're very organized thinkers today. Exactly. We're <laughs> Latin thinkers. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.